Welcome to the eDiscovery Basecamp with Steve and Jack, where we cover all things eDiscovery and beyond. Tune in each week for a new episode featuring hot eDiscovery topics, amazing guests, and several other surprises. Let's adventure together. Okay, well, hey, welcome to eDiscovery Basecamp. I'm Steve. And I'm Jack. It's good to have you back, and we're at another session here today on a beautiful day in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather's cooled down a little bit, hasn't it? Uh, we've had quite the heat wave. Yeah, a long period of very, very hot, 95 plus. Correct. So it's nice to have a little break from that. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to talk about today, it's uh, it's a situation uh, that relates directly to e-discovery and some of our uh, recent efforts, uh, but it also relates to a, a quality that uh, we refer to as adaptability. Now, you can be in a uh, organization or a system at work that is highly regulated by standard operating procedures, lots of documentation, lots of uh you know, set up work that mm-hmm. needs to happen before you can take the first step on a project. Protocol, all that stuff. Protocols, um, you name it. Yep. You guys all get it. Uh, red tape might yes. be a good word. Yep. So we had a situation not too long ago where a client of ours, a law firm, got surprised by a client of theirs, a company, by a surprise exodus of many uh, employees. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of concern over that. What preempted the exodus? Uh, what were the reasons? Was it a, uh, a competitor that had risen up that was stealing employees? Was it somebody within mm. that was forming a uh, similar organization? Mm. And of course from there you're starting to think uh, was any proprietary information, any data, any, you know, key things, process, procedure, et cetera, uh, client lists, you name it, were any of those things taken uh, as this transpired? Of course, you know, an emergency situation, we've talked about this before, happening uh, in the weeks before Christmas, just a short time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it was an emergency client got caught off guard. The uh, law firm certainly wasn't expecting it, and CTEC wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was a day where we got a phone call and were called into action very quickly. Uh, I think we were collecting data uh, on that day, or at least gathering devices from the client. And then the client was still, of course, in the process of how to prioritize mm-hmm. the um, the number of people that had departed, uh, and who to put in the kind of the first slot of uh, data collection. Sure. So there was a lot of uh, investigation going on simultaneously with the e-discovery process, and everything needed to move very quickly, very nimbly and really synergistically. So there's an interesting aspect to this synergism that happened uh, 
that we're going to talk about in more depth in a second segment. Mm -hmm. Today, we're really just going to give you a backdrop, and we're going to talk about the value of adaptability. Yeah. So it's important. It is. And there's great application for that. So we, we have talked before about some of the uh, process and procedures of CTEC that we have, uh, you know, a, a strong dedication to those things. Mm -hmm. We look at them, we rewrite them, we reinvent, we think about what's working, what needs, what's not working, what needs improvement, et cetera. Right. Right. So it's a, it's an ongoing learning of what uh, what you're doing well and what needs improvement, um, but you can it's you can get bogged down in too much procedure, mm -hmm. especially if you have your procedure and your business group so segmented by employee saying, well, you know this person can only do that task and we've got to do that task before we do the next task, and and then there's a different person right. involved for each task. But it has to be signed off on by this person before it can even move. So there's an insertion there, too, you know, right. of, of everything. <laughs> right. So, again, uh, the situation around Christmas time, we had uh, no opportunity to delay. Mm -hmm. It was a true uh, emergency 911 situation, and a uh, much like a much like a fire department. Um, so we had that early call. I, I remember it being pretty cold, unlike uh, the last couple of weeks. It was uh, well below zero. Mm -hmm. And we were needing to travel uh, a distance to collect the uh, cell phones, laptops, uh, iPads, et cetera. And sometimes uh, a custodian would have three or four devices. Uh, luckily, the company had didn't have a BYOD policy. So I think all of the devices that were relevant, that were needed, uh, were still in the possession of the company. Yeah. So that was, that was a very fortuitous uh, circumstance. Right. So... I talked about the investigation going on that was going on within the company itself. It was uh, being, some of it was being facilitated by the law firm representing, representing them. And then through our forensic work, we were providing information that added to the investigation. And there's a very interesting dynamic in that. And I'll give you a quick backdrop. This is the details going to be reserved for the second session on this topic. But there was a theory presented by the CEO of the corporation. This is why this happened. This is what I th think they've done. This is what they've likely taken. It was an interesting theory, but it was based on thin in information. And it turned out to be untrue because what we discovered in the early days of uh, reporting and doing our forensic work, we found that that theory was nowhere near the truth, and there was a totally different story to be told. Not unfavorable to the corporation, but different. Mm. 
And because this was an emergency, there was a need to file a complaint before the end of the year, and therefore the emergency right to do all this work to investigate to run the forensic analysis and so forth so we had many days and nights that went to two in the morning and uh some weekend work and so forth and it, it was really a uh it got to a point where time didn't matter it just needed to be done hmm. well you mentioned you mentioned a little bit how the story was evolving throughout this period of time and when you're in an emergency situation and you have things evolving, you know, it's it's really you want to you want to establish a plan and you want to kick it off so that you can segment it out and, and understand where you're going to land. And if you're going to beat that deadline and if you're not, how to adjust. But when a story is evolving, that's when it gets a little bit more complicated, because, you know, if if, if the client doesn't know what they want or if there are different circumstances that get thrown in the mix, it's just prepping the team to be as adaptable as possible so that you can form some skeleton of a plan, but you don't have to stick to it too rigidly because it, it might be irrelevant tomorrow. It might not be doable the next day. That's true, and all of this stuff had to be really done in real time, mm -hmm. had to be done simultaneously and as quickly as possible. So, you know, it, it, a fire department would get a call and they'd respond to a, to a fire scene. They do their thing, they put the fire out, if it was actually a fire. Mm -hmm. And then there's a process over time that might take days, weeks, months, where that fire scene is investigated. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to happen right away. Uh, time, having the proper time, taking the proper steps and so forth are all important, but there's usually a, you know, a generous amount of time provided. It, it, it's really what's needed yeah, to get that investigation done and to do it right and to do it well. Right. So I've, I actually used to work as a fire investigator, and I've seen scenes held up and taped off and uh, kept out of commission, kept under the control of a fire department for months on end. Mm simply because there was a lot of work and a lot of need to do that. So good news is in those situations, corporations are usually insured uh. for business loss. So don't <laughs> don't worry about that. Yeah, there's a bit of that's a, a yeah. that's, that's not really the point here. But the point is, you know, in this situation, we had to do the response and the investigation all very quickly and all at the yeah. same time. So adaptability was really the key ingredient that needed to show up to make that happen. But I think there is another very important ingredient in this mix here, and that's the fact that this is during COVID, so that there is a whole other line of variables to deal with there when it comes to device collection, to going all around yeah. all over the place. You know, it's... Yeah, I had actually forgotten about that, and that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a really good point. Because you can't just waltz into the place anymore. No, and there was a there was an intake process, um, and this this company was fairly large in size. They uh, had a pretty extensive intake process. There were 
two facilities. There was one facility where you would go in and get go through a health exam, kind of a short deal, but we were there, uh, you know, sometimes more than once a day, and we had to go through that exam each and every time. Right. So standard uh, CDC procedure, you guys all know what that is. I'm sure you've been through it. But anyway, that took time. And then uh, there was time needed to go to the other facility and collect the devices. And everything was was kind of delayed because right. of COVID. Right. So there were factors there, but we didn't let that uh, become an excuse by any means. Right. We still press to, uh, to keep things moving forward. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things that was also, I think, key in this, and, and I, I think this is a, a, uh, a component of adaptability, was having the willingness to dialogue with the client, mm -hmm. to listen to them, and um, really pay attention, pay very close attention to what they were seeing, what they needed. That's one of the reasons we had some late night uh, phone calls and emails uh, that were discussing the results of reports and perhaps modifying uh, search queries to um, or or look in a different direction for something. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really all of that information was developing very quickly in a very short amount of time. You know, the end result is the client was able to file their complaint with a good basis in fact because the uh, the theory could be supported by evidence mm. and they were able to do it by the end of the year which was their goal so um, I would I would say you know the the listening component the dialoguing what that afforded us was an ability to help make good decisions very quickly mm -hmm. and I can't think of a decision that we made in that situation that we later turned around and really regretted right thinking oh why did why did we think that well and I think a key thing here too is that you know in our industry protocols they are important there's a reason why they're at the forefront of a yeah. lot of these projects and yeah. and having a process and we've talked about this a lot in past episodes having a process in place and sticking to that process is important right and what when it comes to adaptability and, and part of what you're saying with dialoguing with the client is having someone who is kind of the communications the communication person mm -hmm. you know with a, a pulse on what the client wants and then a pulse on what the team's doing and understanding that okay they are going to work within this process that's how we ensure quality and speed and efficiency right but i can influence that process i can i can lay that track down where i want it to go and then we can go from there we're still going to follow a, you know protocol a process all these different things but it might just be framed a little differently. The the train might be going a little bit of a different direction than, you know, it may have it may have started out at. But I think it really right. comes down to that point person who's you know really laying out the expectations and making sure that you're sticking to the to, you're sticking to what you know, but you're also being adaptable. It's that blending thing. Right. Right. So I want to give a uh, tell a short story. 
about a uh, situation I was in when my kids were young. And it, it kind of underscores in my mind the, uh, the importance of adaptability and being able to make good decisions quickly. Now, I, I can't say that all of the decisions made in this story are decisions the audience would agree with. I know some of them are decisions my wife did not agree with. So imagine this, driving down uh, Interstate 35, uh, going to Colorado, but we were in between Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa, mm. and a uh, tornado came across the road. Really? And it was at a point that was above the ground, and it was high, and it ripped the rocket box off our vehicle. Seriously. And we were we were going on a ski trip. We were also visiting relatives in Denver and celebrating a birthday. And everything that in that rocket box was gone. Um, you know, it was a terrible noise. I didn't know if we had damage to the vehicle. Um, I quickly decided to pull off the road and assess the situation. And I, as I was doing that, I noticed, yep, the rocket box is gone, but the base of it remained. It had only ripped the top off, which meant, okay, we didn't have a rocket box in a cornfield 200 yards away. We probably had a distribution of much smaller objects oh, no. nearby. And I quickly noticed that there were uh, several small items in the median of the highway. And I made the decision that I'm going to try to collect everything that I can. That's Good. There. Good. Okay. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, uh, the wind is blowing like crazy. I couldn't tell you what it was, but yeah, it was more yeah. than 40 miles an hour. It was raining. Oh, it, no. was, it was 8 p.m. at night, so it was dark. There were still vehicles traveling down the road, but a lot of people had done what I had done. They'd stopped because yeah. this was just a sudden, out of the blue onslaught of Mother Nature yeah. coming at us. I was able to find everything that was in that rocket box, including the gift bag that was for our aunt or sister-in-law uh, <laughs> for her birthday. And I found the greeting card or the card for her, the birthday card. Now, granted, everything is soaked. Of course. I'm, I'm getting soaked. My wife is in a panic, of course, and worried about me. There's two feet of water in the median. Oh, no. A lot of this stuff was light enough that it was floating. I found snow boots, ski boots, ski poles. I found everything except my son's pair of skis. Oh. And I assume those got launched further over the highway and probably ended up being a surprise gift to a young farm boy in Iowa, which wasn't such a bad thing. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff in that rocket box, but we managed to get everything back in the vehicle on our way, figured out how to dry dad off. And uh, I don't remember what we did after that. I'm sure we found a hotel, motel, closer than where we were planning to stop for the night. Right. And kind of regrouped and figured out how we were how we were all doing. So everything really worked out. I think the decisions 
could have been bad if somebody had been injured. Um, but interestingly, as we were driving in the next 10 miles down that stretch of 35W, we saw 12 or 13 semis on their side. Oh, that's a uh, harrowing sight. Yeah, and we listened to the news that next morning, got confirmation you know, on the location and that, yes, indeed, there was a tornado that touched down near Ames, Iowa. So oh, my gosh. I still remember the mile marker. It's 168. And every time I pass that mile marker to this day, I think about that moment, and I'm grateful that it didn't turn out to be a disaster. So that was something that I'd, you know, never experienced before. I never had a rule book or a procedure manual on how to handle that kind of situation, but using, you know, past experience with other things and um, deductive thinking, you know, there, there's a bunch of stuff in the median, for instance. Uh, there's a lot of value there. Our trip yeah. could be very different if I don't do something. Right. Despite the fact my wife doesn't want me to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh -huh. And I uh, never felt that I was putting my life at risk. So, right. And since I'm sitting here today, I think that was a pretty good calculation. I, I am so happy that you went and got all that stuff because I, I it, it would be such, I don't, I don't know if I could drive away from all of it. You know, it would just be, if it was right there and you had the opportunity and you assess the situation and you deem that I, I am in some kind of control over this. Yeah. I think it's absolutely the right decision. So quick decisions um, or maybe good decisions made quickly, mm -hmm. I think, are a platform for adaptability. But uh, just being willing to uh, take on the challenge, I think, is a, uh, is a part of adaptability and to respond in the moment and, you know, have confidence that what you're deciding, what you're doing how you're handling things is going to work out, you know, with good results, maybe great results. And in both of these situations, the actual e-discovery event and the uh, tornado in Iowa ended up with very good results considering the circumstances. It all worked out. It did. So that is the end of this session for eDiscovery Basecamp. We're very glad that you decided to join us today. Mm -hmm. And we uh, hope that you join us the next time. Uh, we'll leave you the, with this parting thought. So make sure you let the people in your life know that they matter. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the eDiscovery Basecamp. If you have any questions, comments, or want us to cover a certain topic, email us at info at We'll see you next week.